come before you again, Lord. What a presence of a God it is. Lord, it's such a welcoming spirit. Not a welcome any person, but Lord, it's a welcome you. You're the only one that is worth to be welcomed. Lord, we rolled out on the right carpet as we say. We open our heart for you, Lord. Lord, I'm sure the people has been praying for the different needs, for the different um, situations that they have. But Lord, at this moment, we just open up our heart. Let the King of Kings come. Let the Lord of the Lord come. Lord, not just minister our need, but Lord, we want to minister your need too. Lord, you need a true worshiper that can worship in spirit and in truth. Lord, you can, you need a true worshiper that can worship with our dedicated life. Lord, you need a true worshiper that we can make our life become a, such a fragrance coming before you in Australia. Lord, so that uh, can find favor before you, Lord. Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your word that you give it to us. Lord, we thank you that we can have a place that we can come, that you uh, put everything aside, that it just come into the sanctuary to lift our hands, to open our eyes, to open our heart, open our lift out of our hands, and to just worshiping the Lord. Oh God, you are worthy of all the praise and the worship. We thank you, Lord. We dedicate ourselves to you tonight. Lord, as we approach your word, Again, Lord, we know that only your word can satisfy us, Lord. The heaven and earth will pass away, but the word of a God will never pass away. Lord, you give us the most precious things that we can ever ask for. That is the word in this hour, Lord. That's yourself, Lord. We give you all the glory. Lord, we pray for the rest of the service. Just ask your Holy Spirit to take and control it. And it'll open up yourself to us so that we can have a closer walk to, with you. Lord, one day, everything going to become a history. Lord, one day, just one more revelation, just one step closer to you. Lord, we will forever live this whole earth and forever be with you in eternity, Lord. We thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. If you don't mind, I'll just ask you, I'll turn to the scripture directly. It's so good to come back to the house of God again. It seems like no matter how wonderful food that we have, uh, how wonderful words that we heard on Wednesday and on the Sunday, it seems that we always have an appetite, one more, a little bit of room for, uh, for the next one coming. And um, this is the only, uh, only thing that you can eat and eat and so without be worried about your weight. <laughs> the rapture happened, we'll be get out of here. Nothing gonna weight you down. Let's turn to uh Second Timothy chapter four. Second Timothy chapter four. Actually if you don't mind let's read uh, uh chapter three verse sixteen, but we're gonna read continue uh, to uh, chapter 4. 2 Timothy, uh, chapter 3, verse 16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Then uh, chapter 4, 
verse 1. I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick, uh, who shall judge the quick and the dead that is appearing and is the kingdom. Preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers, having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth, and shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry, for I am now ready to be offered." And the time of my departure is at hand. I've fought the good fight. I've finished my course. I've kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, a righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Amen. Amen. Let's turn to another scripture. Uh, Second Peter. Second Peter chapter one verse thirteen. Second Peter chapter one verse thirteen. Yea, I think it meet as long as I'm in this tabernacle to stir you up by putting you in remembrance, knowing that shortly I must put off this my tabernacle. Even as our Lord Jesus Christ has showed me. Moreover, I will endeavor that he may be able after my decease to have these things always in remembrance. For we have not followed cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received from God the Father honor and glory when there came such a voice to him from the excellence glory. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And this voice which came from heaven we heard when we were with him in the holy mountain. We have also a more sure word of a prophecy. Yes. Word unto ye do well that ye take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day down and the day star rise in your heart. Knowing this first that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of a man, but a holy man of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. May the Lord bless this word. You may be seated. I almost feel we can just close the service by reading this to a portion of the scriptures. If we can hold to it. Um, but if you um, probably you notice it right away. I choose this to a, a scripture here because this is a, uh, if I can call it a departuring scripture. Uh, the one for Paul and the one for Peter. And so as this is the last journey of their journey on earth, and uh, they uh, uh, try to remember, uh, put the people to remembrance. Uh, if I just make it as a nutshell of this, stay with the word. 
And that this word is the only thing that's worth and it can benefit for your state of wisdom. And as they departure from their tabernacle on this earth, their, their human flesh body, uh, it seems like that the things is most important for them to, uh, for this to a uh, great man of God that in the, in the first uh, church age, uh, that they can say to the people, take heed to the prophecy. Take heed to the word of God. I know I have been with Jesus on the mountain, which is holy, not because the mountain is holy, but because there's a holy God in that mountain. But even that, take heed to the more sure prophecy. And Paul even tell them, when you come to the end of the time, remember what I tell you. And that the time will come, the people will have an itching ear. They will, he put them up with all the teachers and things. He said, try to tell them, in season or out of season, preach the word. Stay with the word. Whenever there's the word of God has to preach, that is to stay with it. You know, when a man is coming to the end of their journey, when they are, they always tend to, um, it seems like it's very, uh, very, um, uh, important for the man, uh, leave some word to the, uh, to the, uh, to their descendants, or to the, the people uh, behind them, to their relatives, to their family. And so, so I, I did a, did a little study. I don't want to put too much time on the, um, on that, but I just let me go through this. And I uh, checked on the internet and saw some of the last word that those a famous man uh, or woman has spoke. And then the more I look at it, the more I feel a dark cloud coming on me. It's not something that is uh, glorious. It was, uh, it was so uncertain. It's so gloomy. Sure. Seems like a hopeless. Uh, I'll just read some uh, uh, to you. Sure. I hope you don't get it gloomy. <laughs> Winston Churchill, in his last word, he said, I'm bored with it all. This is his last word. You think about a politician, such a man, that win the Second World War, and he said, never give up, never give up. The last word he say, I'm bored with all of it. And then, uh, I have to put a Chinese in here, Confucius. <laughs> in this last word, he said, heaven has turned against me. No wise ruler arises. And no one in an empire wishes to make me his teacher. He said, an hour of my death has come. This is the most intelligent man in China. And considered to be a holy man. Considered to be a sage. A sainted man. Have such a wisdom. They even put his statue. And in, in everywhere you can go. They have the Confucius Academy. They have the Confucius College. And in everything. And this is the last word. That he can give it to the people. Steve Jobs. A lot of you have his uh, Apple phone. Is that the driving force behind, behind Apple. Uttered this about three hours before his death. As reported by his sister Mona Simpson. Oh wow. Oh wow. Oh wow. That's the three things that three words that he said. And they said, was it in pain? Did he reflect on his life? Did he see a vision? He said, we will never know. Diana, the princess, when he got a car accident, so the last word she uttered, my God, what's happened? A person should say, before anything happens, they should have let him be my God. 
Not just when the things has happened, said, my God, what's happened? Marilyn Monroe, considered to be the most beautiful woman. And the re- related by Billy Graham, who tried to present the gospel message to Marilyn just before she died at age 36. You think that's will only take toll on the person who uh, over 70 or 80 or 90? This person is only 30, 36 years old, Marilyn Monroe. You know what she said? She said, I don't need your Jesus. That she said it to Billy Graham. I don't need your Jesus. I wonder when she was uh, lingering, when she was uh, passing away, does she going to need that Jesus? Joseph Stalin, who is a dictator in Russia, a formerly Soviet Union, he said who murdered many millions of his countrymen. While on his deathbed, as related about his daughter, Vatlana, to Malcolm Mudgerage, she said, he suddenly sat up, groaned, shook his fist at the ceiling as if he could see beyond it, and then fell back and died. That killed millions and millions of men on his deathbed, and he couldn't even utter a word. Voltaire, or Voltaire, one of his treats, best known atheist, often stated that by the time I'm buried, he said the Bible will be non-existent. His last word were, I'm abandoned by God and man. I shall die and go to hell alone. His condition had become so terrible that his associates were afraid to approach his bedside. As he passed away, his nurse said that for all of the wells in Europe, she would never want to watch another infidel die. And a few years later, after he died, the Geneva Bible Society purchased Voltaire's home and turned it into a printing shop to print Bibles. Let me add it on. Just a few years ago, we translated the King James Bible again and then printed And this is all the people who has, uh, you know, I can go on and on. But as I said, the more I read, the more I feel gloomy. The more it just feels so dark, so hopeless. And I think Brother Branham even mentioned that one of the queen, that in England, says that if you give them five minutes to live, I will give all my wealth. And just for the five minutes to live. I was thinking about so this is the people that we considered, that in the world that they considered to be the... Of famous people. And you think about uh, Michael Jackson. Just before he died. His last word is. Uh, Give me some more shot. And then he overdosed it. And then he passed it. And then he's gone. And Elvis Presley. And he said. I'll just go to the bathroom to read. It's not to read. He want to go to the, get some drug. That's his word. And then his girlfriend said. Don't fall asleep. And then he overdosed it. Then he died there. That's his last word. That he can ever heard. I'll think about all these men we consider the famous, not we consider the world consider the famous. This is all the last word that they said. They might be can show up, can on display, 
can take the, can be a, performed in the stage, can say it a, a, a fancy word, it can be a powerful man when they're alive, but when the death hits them, no one can, can be boasting before God. No one can say any word that is more benefit, they all come to the desperation. But it's too late then. But on the opposite, you think about the other people. That who give their heart to the Lord and who uh, preach the gospel and who live the life of before Jesus, before man, Charles Spurgeon, and as a beloved preacher and an author on his deathbed, he said, I can hear them coming. And he sits straight up in bed and asks, Don't you hear them? This is my coronation day. I can see the chariots, I'm ready to board. D.L. Moody, the famous preacher and founder of the Moody Bible Institution, the world on his deathbed, he said, can this be death? He said, why is it better than living? He said, earth is receding, heaven is opening. This is my coronation day. And I think about a brother Brandon, and talk about a poor reader. And just before he passed away, brother Brandon said, he said that when he was dying, he was in Los Angeles, California, and they had him in the hospital. When he started to die, and they had a curtain pulled down, and it was singing real mournful songs. I think it is singing, but never a nearer my God to thee. And he said he was a quite a sense of humor. And Paul Rader said to the people, say, who's dying here? Me or you? <laughs> then he said, raise up them curtain. Sing me some real good snappy gospel song. And then he began to sing. He said, down at a cross where the Savior died. And then he said, that sounds better. He said, where's my brother Luke? And he said in the next room, he had to bring him here. And he took a hold of, he took a hold of a looks hand. He said, brother, we've come the long way together. We've been missionaries throughout the world. But think of it, brother. He said, in five minutes from now on, I will be standing in the presence of Jesus Christ, closely in his righteousness. This is the last word of those men of God. And I think the man of God of all men, that is the God Himself coming down in the flesh, Jesus Christ, and on His cross, and it was in an agony. And the last word He said is the three word, and my coach has quoted it the other day. It is finished. If for a man said it's finished, it is uncertainty, because the men don't know what is that means. But it doesn't have to explain what is the means. He resurrected. He said, it is finished. Then it's the resurrection proof what that means. All the death has been finished. And all the Satan's trick has been finished. The redemption plan has been finished. And the resurrection has proved everything that he said is absolutely the truth. 
is that it is finished. You don't have to fear it about a death. You don't have to ask, what is your last word? The last word for every believer is, it is finished. It finished on the cross. Then he proved his word. And he come to resurrect it again. And then it come back to life out of the Holy Spirit. And that was, uh, and then when it come and come out of the, the grave, it was resurrected. And before he was ascended up to heaven, then he even said to the last word to the disciples, and he said unto them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. That's the last word of Jesus Christ before he ascended into heaven, sit on the throne. That's what he said. And this sign shall follow them that believe. In my name, they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new towns. They shall take up serpents. And if they think any, if they, if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. He's not saying that, but he's approved of that. And you're the one that is vindicate his word even today 2,000 years later that's still to be the truth what a last word the last word is not a desperation but this last word give them a power he said I give it to you go into the world to preach the gospel let's think about it Stephen's last word he said in the book of Acts, chapter 7, 59, And they stoned Stephen, calling upon God, and he's saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, So Lord, lay not this same to their charge. And when he said this, he fell asleep. There was no agony. There was no agitating. There was no bitterness. The last word still reflecting the characteristic of Jesus Christ. So lay not the sin to their charge. To those people that stoned him. And some of the Paul's last word. And he said, death, where is that sting? Oh grave, where is that victory? He said, the sting of death is sin. And the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abound in the work of the Lord. For as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. And the second Timothy we just read. And Paul said, if I'm now ready to be offered, it's like a poor offering, like a drink offering. He said, at the time of my departure is at hand. He said, I've fought a good fight. I've finished my course. I've kept the faith. He said, henceforth there is a laid out for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, a righteous judge, shall give me all that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also, the love is apparent. Does God has appearing to us in this age? Then if we're looking for His appearing, our assurance is right over here in this scripture. 
You want to hear it of the prophet's last word in this age? Just because, just before the last recorder recorded his voice, a few days later, and he uh, got a car accident, and uh, then he passed away. And the last message he preached is communion. And the last word he said, remember, when Israel takes the type of this, they had a journey 40 years in the wilderness, and their clothes are never even worn out. And they come out without one fibble among them. With two million people as a type of this. He said, well, what will the antitype do? If the body of a sacrificial animal did that for them, what would the body of Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, do for us? Even to the end, the last word is, stay with the word. The last word is, God has to provide us a sacrifice. I have preached it to the truth, to the core of it, to the end of it, and you stay with it. Even in Israel, in the wilderness, they stay with the sacrificial animals that they have. If we stay with this sacrificial lamb that God gave it to us, not one feeble there, not one feeble here. I might as well just say this. I was just thinking about it. I won't say this is the last word, but I, it was as if this is the last word. Yeah. I was thinking about a testimony, Brother David Spranov. And when he was, uh, was pinned down under the truck while he was repairing it. Yeah. And then he was, as he was lost his conscience, it was saying, him thinking, maybe this is, uh, this is the time and a goal. Then he was a research himself. And the reveal, see if there's anything that I've done wrong, then he can say, Lord, there's nothing I need to repent it for. This is it. If that's the time, that's the last word for him to go, that he can go free to God without any condemnation in that. Amen. And Brother Eddie, let me uh, say it about, uh, you know, Brother Eddie Bisco, the one time that he shared it with us, then he said the one he was rolling it into the, that are surgery place that he doesn't even know he gonna is he going to come out of it? But then he said that in the testament he said the record has laid. I've done that all I could. If that's the time for our pastor to go, that's the last word that he can say. Lord, I done all I could. The record has been laid. There's nothing need to be regret. There's nothing need to be repented for. Everything I done in the name of Jesus. This is it. What to the last word that will be? Last word, don't wait till the last moment. Last word can be tonight. Last word can be sit on our pew. Say, Lord, I repented. Lord, I give my heart to you. Lord, I dedicated my life to you. There's nothing to be regretted for. I've done all I could to the kingdom of God. That can be your last word tonight. It doesn't have to be weighed on the deathbed. It doesn't have to be weighed on the sickbed. That you can have your last word or your record late. Glory. 
And the book of Joshua, chapter 1, verse 8, it says, This book of law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayst observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have a good success. A success and a prosperous is to stay with the word. Success and prosperous is to keep that word that in your heart and in your mouth. Continually reading it, continually believing it, and continually confessing it. But Abraham said, and God keepeth his word. He said, God, when commanding Joshua there, he said, be of a good courage. Be not afraid, and neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee, wheresoever thou goest. The Lord thy God is with thee, wheresoever thou goest. No matter what it is, how hard it is, how great obstacle it is, that doesn't matter. If it's a down through the valley of a shadow of a death, the Lord thy God is with thee, wheresoever you goest. You stay with the word, the word will stay with you. All these people who said that it's the last word, they all had an absolute. Without absolute, you end up like a Winston Churchill or Elvis Presley or whoever that is, all this considered famous man. Their future is unclear. The future is uncertain. They don't know what is the waiting for them. But if you have an absolute, no matter what situation you're going through, even in the deathbed, that is the greatest enemy. Jesus said, I conquered him already. The prophet said, and about from beginning it was an also, he said, well, it doesn't make so much difference to what our church says. It's what the Bible says about it that makes the difference. God ought to be the final word in every decision that we make. He has to be the final decision of, sorry, better be the final word in every decision that we make. No matter how small that decision is, no matter how big that decision is, God has to be the final word. You might have a lots of a word, that's fine. You might hear the loss of a word, that's fine. But the final word, that must be the right of Christ. The final authority must be laid in God. It's the graduation season. Let me give it a recommendation or a warning to our graduations. You better make God your final word in every decision that you make. Not your education as your final determination. Where you're going to go and what you're going to do. It has to be God to be the final word of your decision that you're making. When you're choosing your job or choosing whatever that is, make God's word to be your final decision that you make. But I'm talking about in one of the situations, uh, one of the, the testimony, one of the girl who got into an insane institution and she was, uh, in a such a, uh, worse, bad condition and she doesn't recognize herself whatsoever. 
because of the things that had happened to her life. And in an absolute, Brother Bram said, he said, and a girl sitting on a little, like a little seed to build in the wall, and a sister standing up, and the father was standing by the girl. And the mother was standing there, and the tears were running down from her cheek. She said, you see, Billy, what can we do? I said, well, listen, Norma, Christ still is a Christ. She said that this was our last chance. They've been calling Brother Brandon before him to come to pray for, for her. He said, if they take her up there, he said, you know what's going to happen. He said, we'll never see her, I guess, again. And if we do, you know, how the treatment, they will get there. They will do the shock treatment for the, for this little girl. And the Brother Bram said, he said, well, Norma, let's not be excited. You know, whenever the situation, the, the environment, or the different the condition, uh, things are to happen, that the people tend to be get excited. Not excited for good, but they become nervous. You know, what about this situation? What about that situation? Look at what the prophet has said. He said, I, we just wait a few minutes. He said, and then, no more than said that, there stood a girl before me in a vision. Normally well, smiling. And she was looking toward a young man. And I look at the young man, I look back, vision left to me. I said, Norma, does she have a boyfriend, kind of a tall and dark hair? He said, yes. I said, does he do something with them in singing? He said, yes, that's right. I said, don't you worry. I have a thus says to the Lord. She's coming out of it. He said, Norma threw her hands and caught me by the knee. Look up to her husband and said, honey, it's never wrong. He said, it's never wrong. You know, this message is never wrong. In every way, it proved that Christ is still the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the tens of thousands, now the tens of thousands, vindication, and God to prove it to us, this message is never wrong, because the message is that Jesus Christ manifesting himself in this hour. No matter what situation that is, and in the same message, Brother Bram said, and then the same, and the next paragraph he said, oh girl, never change it a bit. After he saw the vision, and then he said, the girl, never change a bit. But that doesn't hinder the fathers and mothers of faith. They have heard the thus sayest of the Lord. Have we heard the thus sayest of the Lord? The message of this hour is that says to the Lord. Is that not says to the William Branham? And that says somebody the theologian, but that says to the Lord. And you never be wrong. If you never be wrong then, you will never be wrong now. And you will never be wrong in the future. If God vindicated then, God vindicated now. God will vindicate in the future too. No matter what situation you're going through, no matter what hard trial you're going through, lay in this death says the Lord. Is that a girl never change a bit? I said, all right, Norma. You know that I wouldn't have told you that now unless I had seen it. And God can't lie. I went on out to the house, out of the hospital and got in my own car and they stayed. And about two hours from then, the phone was just ringing when it come up from and Miss Wu's down below. And it was her father. He was on the phone. He said, Brother Branham, I got something to tell you. Said he hadn't been gone 20 minutes until she come to herself normally. And she's been examined by the whole staff of a doctor while we were taking her home in the morning. If you can catch this, yes, you would take whatever your situation home. 
And now she is singing out to the tabernacle now. Brother Bram said, now what was it? He said, that little lady used that vision as an absolute, an ultimate. He said, you got in everything, you got to have somewhere you could have tied down to. If you tie down to the church, church will let you down. If you tie down to just the, the pastor or the ministers, they will let you down. But if you tie down to the time post, has been vindicated and approved year after year, time after time, those tie posts will never go down. As long as your faith tied with it. He said, I will. He said, you gotta have somewhere you gotta tie down to. And I've always used the word of a God. Because there's no other typos that I know of as great as that. Take heed to that prophecy. Because both heaven and earth will pass away, said Jesus, but my word shall never fail. He said, what a typepost. Brother Bram said that that vision is never wrong. And he asked the prophet that that's his gift, that he can see vision. But the gift is appointing you to the source, to the gift to giver. The word is that a gift to the giver. And if a God has given us that the prophet has said that the vision never wrong, and then it is the prophet is the what is the word of a God has that are coming to, then it gave us the more sure assurance of the prophecy. That's the word of a God in this hour. If that vision can make it a lady, and you just kneel down and look up and to her husband and say, the vision never wrong. And I will declare this, the message is never wrong. The word is never wrong. If she can tie herself to the vision, and now the word has been revealed, Christ has been revealed. If we tie down ourselves to that word, and that word will never let you down. Stay with the word. Remember, said that as the Paul had a Christ-centered life, he said that Christ was a Paul's absolute. He said that Paul had met Jesus one day, met him face to face. The reason he had this Christ-centered life is because he personally, now laying aside his teaching, he personally met Christ. All these people who can have the last word that are before God. And like those are men of God, they all hold an absolute that in their life. And they all live a Christ-centered life. And what is the Christ-centered life? It's the person who personally met Christ. And he said that that's the only way that you you are ever going to know him is to meet him. Now to know him is life. Not even know his word. As good as it may be, yet you got to know him. To know him is life. By receiving the word, when you know him, your life has changed. Your nature was changed. Your desire was changed. 
It doesn't mean that you don't make a mistake, but when you make a mistake, when the word comes to correct you, you come to your repentance right away. He said, if Paul had, had not had this experience yet, he said in one place, he said, the life that I now live showed that he had lived a different life at one time, but his life had been changed. And when your life is changed, it makes you do things you ordinarily wouldn't do. And it makes you say things you wouldn't ordinarily say. A man that's a God of Christ centered the life. And I said, when you get this Christ-centered life, it makes you do things you ordinarily won't do. It makes you act differently than ordinarily you would act. I don't mean act silly. I mean act in the spirit, something that is real, something that is genuine. He said, when you see somebody just acting silly, you know that's only put on something. They're only trying to impersonate and the genuine things that is. So what he said, when, you, when a life has changed, people sometimes do things and that's uh, isn't not or, ordinary, abnormal, if I say. But doesn't mean so that you have to do something that's silly or weird so that, uh, to prove that you're a spiritual person. You can be going out and mingle and make you into the society just as anybody else, but there's still God living in you. You can still buy vegetable or potato and do, like Brother Aaron McGarry has said, dig your potato and do your daily work, but you still have a life of a Christ living in you. But sometimes to do that to the spiritual person, they're doing things to the people thinking that is strange. It was so strange for a believer to the world that when you are choosing your college or university, you're not looking at if that's going to give you more credit or give you more scholarship or, or that. The first thing you ask, the university or the college that I go, do they have a church over there? Man, it's hard to say this. It would be strange for a believer to ask this. And that. It doesn't, for the world, they wouldn't even think. All they're thinking is, that, okay, I'll go here and give me the scholarship, this and that. They don't care about the church, but the believer do care. If I should say that's the only thing, actually they care. If they are a true believer. World was thinking what you're thinking about that. They said, you're weird. What church to do with a college? What church to do with a university? But that is should be a true believer, the first thing that they should think about. If they choose to go to the university, the first thing they should think about, do they have a message church over there? And let's go a little further. Or maybe let's get it a little tighter. Is that church or a message church or not a message church? Not all church call themselves a message church. It is a message church. Maybe I'll just pinch a little even more. Even there is a message church that in that place, even as good as a message church, maybe even better than this church. But does that church was ordained to you?
Nobody nodding head up there. But if you do that, people will think you're weird. Isn't that enough to just have a messy church in somewhere and that in that big university that I go to? Isn't that enough? Not enough. Even if you're not walking in the will of the Lord, you leave not. I'm not talking about this church. Please understand me. I'm talking about you go wherever God leads you to go. But you must be on a speaking term with God. You must be on a term with God that you talk to Him, that He talk back to you. You go wherever God leads you to go. But you got to make sure that God leads you there. It is so weird for the people in the world was think, thinking about you when you go to the company. You ask for Wednesday off, you ask for Sunday off. That's the first thing you ask. They're thinking that is so strange. What Wednesday to do with your job? If you're working in a restaurant on a Sunday, then that's my business time. What you doing? People were thinking you're weird. You're thinking you're strange. Why? Can I quote it? I wrote it. Brother Bram said it again. Paul lived a Christ-centered life. What is a Christ-centered life? He personally met Christ. When he met Christ, Christ become the core center of everything. When you make Christ, Christ become everything that is in every decision that you make, in everything that you do, in every word that you go. Then I'm thinking about those people who are coming from the different states and coming to move over here. It's not just because of this is a good living place. It's not just because this is a good church. You're coming here for one purpose. I believe so. For be fed by the word of God. And the people were thinking that is strange. You give up a job. You give up a family. You give up the relatives. You give up the loved ones. And come to sojourn with us. And it was over here. Doesn't they have a different church? They have a different group? Have a different? Yes, they all have a... But God is leading you to come to the here. Because He specifically ordained you to be here. That you become a part of this body. Inseparable and integral part of this body. For what? Because not only that you coming over here be part of it. You be part of the body of Jesus Christ locally in here. And not only just fed by the word, but you become a part of the, the ministry over here. You become a part of the mission works over here. Because God makes something special that only you can fulfill. No other person can fulfill. If your brother Kobus is not here, where all this, what we do for the translation? Have you ever thinking about it? I can name a loss of you. Sure. Brother Ken, if you're not send your children here, I can't enjoy Brother John. Brother Ken, then if you don't move over here, I don't even connect it with Brother Ken. Whenever I have a translation question, I have first the first one I ask Brother Ken. 
And think about it, if I don't ask him, I will definitely translate it wrong. I can name a lots of sentences. I better don't do it. <laughs> All of you, that you are part of this body. In an absolute. But Abraham said, when you get this a church, a Christ-centered life, it makes you do things you ordinarily wouldn't do. He said, it makes you act different than ordinary you wouldn't act. Then he said, what is the absolute? He said, I look up in the dictionary Webster. According to Webster, it is a perfect in itself, unlimited in its power, per, primarily an ultimate. He said, an ultimate is the amen. That's all. An absolute. It is. It's the unlimited in power. The word absolute. He said, it's a perfect in itself. That's all of it. And that settles it. When a person met Christ, they met the absolute. If the person do think this is their absolute, then everything they do is the hinged or tied to that absolute. Then Brother Bramman said, now a word is a thought expressed. First, it must be a thought. And then it becomes a word. Because you do not speak your word without thought. He said it was an absolute. The word of a God is an absolute. But a word is a thought expressed. In another word, it has to be the thought first. When it says a thought, then the thought was uh, expressed, then it become a word. I think that's very, uh, very elementary. We all know that. And then what is the thought of God? In book of Jeremiah, chapter 29, verse 11, sort of, I know the thoughts that I think towards you. Says the Lord, the thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected an end. The thought of a God toward us is a thought of a peace. The peace in an original, it means a completeness, soundness, welfare, peace, safety, soundness in body, welfare, health, prosperity. Everything that God is thinking about you, He doesn't have an evil thought about you. All this is thinking about you is the thinking about your safety, your soundness in body, your welfare, your health, your prosperity. If you want a prosperity gospel, this is a real prosperity gospel. It's all laid in the absolute, the word of God in this hour. Not in anywhere else, in this hour. Message in this hour. That is the gospel towards you. If you were in God's thoughts, now you're only manifested what you originally in God's thoughts. And when God's thinking about you then, it's the same thought thinking about you now. If he's thinking about you then, it's a peace. He's thinking about you now, it's a peace. If he's thinking about you then, it's no evil. He's thinking about you now, there's no evil. This message is the thought of God. There's no evil on the pride of Jesus Christ. There's only peace on the pride of Jesus Christ. 
There's a safety over the bride of Jesus Christ. There's a soundness in body. There's a health and there's a prosperity. There's a welfare in the bride of Jesus Christ. But oh, lady, in this absolute. And peace also means friendship. He said, I want to be your friend. I can't fellowship it just in the thought. I have to let you manifest. I have to let you burst it out in this hour from the flesh. Your mom, your dad, let you born on this earth. Because in you there's attribute. In you there's a thought that is not manifested yet. And in that thought there's a savior. In that thought there's a healer. Even you get sick, he said, I want to manifest my healing thought towards you. And if you go into the trouble in a situation, I want to manifest my delivering thought towards you. Because my thought towards you, I know. You said, I don't know, but the Lord said, I know. I know my thought. You know or not, it doesn't matter. But I know my thought towards you. Because you are my thought. You are part of my thought. I express you out in this hour. And it's a thought of peace. It's not a thought of evil. It's that I want to be your friend. As a father can fellowship with the son. Just a seed, he cannot fellowship. There's attributes in there. He cannot do, but when the son was born, now they can fellowship. When you give your heart to the Lord, when you were born again, now you can fellowship. Now you can praise him and say glory to God. And now you can praise him and say, Lord, you are my healer. Lord, I know I lay in bed on a sick bed, but Lord, it's not my last word yet. Lord, I already done my last word a long time ago. This is the time for me to be healed because the Lord said, I know my soul towards you. If he knows his soul towards you, then he knows his soul towards you now. That's why he healed you, brother Peter. And then the same healer, if he one, if he doesn't heal another, something wrong with that healer. The same healer can heal one on the same base. The same healer can heal anybody else. That's why we pray for our brother Diaz. To let the manifest, to let the Lord manifest himself coming down in this hour to deliver our brother, to drive away the attack of Satan. Because he know his thought toward my brother. Right. I was thinking about what a testimony Brother Peter had had. And then he was, it was in the, in a sick bed. And it was a, he said, he said he prayed and prayed. Then the Lord gave him a song. Then I was not even only that. Then I was thinking about the end of time. Then he laid on his bed and going through the treatment. Uh, whatever treatment that is, then he started to uh, translate in the message. You know, you know what? To me, it almost sounds like a last word. It's not saying by mouth, but it's saying by the translation. It's not to me. It's almost like say to Satan, Satan, if you take me, I will left some teeth mark on your arm. That is a good teeth mark that you left for the several translation you've done. And the thought, I know my thought towards you is the thought of peace, not thought of evil. What is the evil? It means bad. 
evil, disagreeable, unpleasant, displeasing, and malignant. And it's a distress, it's an injury. You know, God said, I have no thought of evil towards you. If I will put it in that way, God said, I have no thought, it's a disagreeable. The thought of my thought towards you is no malignant. In another word, there's no cancer there. It's not the thoughts of God. It's not God that lets you go through the certain things to try to bring them out of it. No, there's a malignant. It's a, that's the evil. God said, I have no thought of evil towards you. In my thought, there's no cancer in there. There's no tumor in there. There's no brain tumor. No this thing. My thought towards you is the thought of a peace, not thought of evil. Claim that. If you're sick, claim that. Lord, you know your thought. I go through all of it, but you reveal your thought to me. That I know your thought is towards me. It's a peace. If that's a peace, I'm not going to admit to any the Satan's thought toward me. You are in God's thought. That's why you can stay with the word. If you're not in God's thoughts, you cannot stay with the word. No matter how much you try to do it, you will never do it. Because there is no force that in the person can make you stay with the word. It takes the one who can stay in you, stay in you, so that you can stay with the word. And so the Bible said, whosoever is born of a God does not commit sin. For his seed remaineth in him. And he cannot sin because he is a born of God. Being born again, not of a corruptible seed. First Peter 1.23 But of incorruptible by the word of a God, which liveth and abideth forever. That is the staying with the word. Because the word is staying you. And then in Philippians 4.13 It said, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. His power is delaying you. His thought is delaying you. Because you are part of His heart. For it is God in Philippians 2, 13. It is God which works in you both to will and to do of His good pleasure. In the Amplified Bible said, Not in your own strength. For it is God who is all the while effectually at work. In you. It's not you try to add work, but God at work. It was, uh, it was, uh, it was, uh, it was working. ING. That means continually. <laughs> continually at work. Non-stop, no sleeping. He doesn't take a nap. It was a constantly, effectually at work in you. Constantly. Energizing. And creating in you the power and desire. Desire need to be created. When you go through the rough time, when you go through the drying time, the creator still living in you. He still can create a desire when you feel that you're just plowing through. When you feel you're in a desert, that uh, in a situation, but that creator is still living in you at work constantly. Both to will and to work for his good pleasure and a satisfaction and delight. Let me finish up over here. 
in an invisible union. He said that the anointed word of a God being vindicated before any man that's born to be a son of a God with the predestinated germ into him for this hour, he will see God's message. That is the absolute. Because of the one who has the absolute living in you. And you living in him before the foundation of the world that you're living in his heart. Now is the time to manifest his thought towards you. That thought is the absolute. When that thought was expressed in you, then you become the absolute. Because you receive the absolute in the word of God. Then when you say, when you confess, says Satan, I cast you out of here. He has to listen. He said, as sure as there is a God in heaven, Martin Luther sold it for this, for his. Wesley sold it for his. The Pentecostal sword of her his. Uh-huh. Now what about you? Yeah. What do you see? What are you looking at? Yeah. Amen. Here we are. The real genuine eagles here. My sheep know my voice. Amen. The stranger, they will not follow. Why? It was a put in there by predestination. You were foreordained to a son of God. You were in God before the foundation of the world. You are only manifested in this day. God cannot even put you in Luther's day. He cannot put you in a Wesley because that's not my food. He cannot, it's not just because they're old. It's not just because, and it's not because they're not a man of God. They're men of God. But my attribute can only be satisfied by this word. He cannot even put you in Paul's age. If you're in the south, he can put you in any age. Put you in any time, but God put you here. Because only this word will satisfy you. Only this absolute will become your absolute. No other word will satisfy me. It has to be the serpent seed to satisfy me. It has to be the Godhead to satisfy me. Just, uh, uh, just, uh, justified by faith in Lucifer's time doesn't satisfy me. I hear that it won't satisfy me, but God knows that I know my soul towards you. It's all a peace, completion, soundness. I know my thought. You are my thought. I can only think in you to come in this hour. I don't want my mom, my, my dad about a marriage lock there or let me come on as a birth. Then God saw that this is the one that in my soul has to be manifest. And now here I am. And now here you are. Why? Because only this message can satisfy you. You cannot be manifest in any other age, but this last age. You're only manifested in this day for His honor and glory. How can you do it without honoring His word? And stand with every word of a God. Yes, sir. Which you are a part of that word. By honor, by predestination. Because look, the God is the word. I said, do you believe it? He said, uh, He always was the word. In the beginning was the word. 
And if the word was God, then you were in God. Let a musician come. The word, the part that you are to play was in God before the foundation of the world. He seen you. He knew you. He predestined you to it. If you have the faith, if you believe this word to be the truth, that God has sent us a message of this hour, it's like the two omnipotent they met. When the two omnipotent met, and a miraculous is going to happen. But if I'm talking about Martha, has an omnipotent faith toward Christ, and Christ is omnipotent. And when this two omnipotent met, he said, he said, you just, Martha said, you just speak the word. That's all you have to do. Whatever you ask God, God will give it to you. He said, that's omnipotence, all powerful. He said, and he was all powerful. That's when two powers, two omnipotent powers meet together. He said, it's a contact then. If you believe the word, and the word has all the power there is in it. Then what's the problem? You have a tie down to this absolute. Whatever situation, whatever things that you went through, whatever impossible situation that we're thinking, but one or two omnipotent met, there is a miraculous. It's going to happen. Let us stand. Now I think about a heady right. And we always said, she said the right thing. But you know, before she said the right thing, she also stayed with the word. Because then in the go tell, Brother Branham said, Sister Heady Wright wanted to, uh, you know, donate for some of the church building. But she was so poor. It's not about the money or the donation, but Brother Bram said, but her heart is in the message. She wanted to. Her heart is in the message. She's the woman who uh, don't speak loud. She's a woman who was very quiet and don't have a, maybe a lot of, um, uh, you know, out, outspoken, but her heart is in the message. Then the third poet is on this, a simple little woman, as poor as she can be. And then she said, uh, when Brother Brandon related, it was a story about a creating a squirrel. She said, Brother Brandon, that's nothing but a truth. And the prophet said, that's the one he said that, he said that was a right, he said that that was a right thing to say. And, uh, in another place, Brother Brandon actually said, he said, she doesn't even know what she said. In another word, she's not just something that she was thinking about, and then she was a, you know, going at her, I must say this, you know, I must, I must figure it out that this is nothing but a truth. And, and then, uh, you know, I, I have the, uh, the, 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 the Lord that we used to prophet to grant my desire. No. But Abraham said she doesn't even know what she, what she said. But Lord said, I know my thought towards you. Amen. And that thought sort of God that it manifested in that little woman called Hedy Wright. 
And then a prophet will come on the scene and say, Whatever you ask, and it will be given unto you. She stayed with the word. She was with the word, and no matter what situation she said, and I'm thinking about, about everyone that we represented over here. What is your situation? What is your trials? What is your desire? If you are the thoughts of God, if God said, I know my thought toward you, it's thought of peace, it's not a thought of evil. And if you are the thought of God to be manifest in this hour, that I will say, you have the same rights like a head of rice head. Lord, this is nothing but the truth. And then the word of God and reply back to you said, you can ask whatever that you ask. It will be given unto you. Only on one foundation, on one base. Lord, this is nothing but the truth. Shall we bow our head? Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, maybe this is just a simple little message. Try to encourage our beloved people. But Lord, we know that you have a no boundary, no limitation. Whatever things that we hold in our heart, for ourselves we might not be able to do it. And you are not intended for us to do it at all. But all you intended us to do is to stay with the word. Whatever God has said, Lord, we believe your word has said. The situation might be very reasonable to lead us astray to other word instead of this word. But Lord, let us remember what Paul and Peter, before their departure, and how they said, take heed to this more assurance word. This word is more sure than ever. And Paul has assured to us that at the end of the time, that the people will have each year, and they will be hit by with all the teachers, and all the different things is coming. But he commanded the Timothy had to preach the word in season or out of season. Oh God, may our people stay with the word has said. Not anybody else's idea, not what their situation tell them, not even themselves telling themselves. But Lord, what is the word has said to them? Father, we believe you. Lord, we dedicate ourselves to you. Lord, we have a wonderful service on a Sunday. That the people, they come, people that lift up their hand because they sense the nearness of a God. Lord, I just pray you that that atmosphere not to go on away, but to linger forever be with us. Not just emotional, but Lord, but in our heart of the heart, let us understand that we are part of the thoughts of a God. And this is the time that we manifested the thought of a God. And then now we receive the word and now let a word to do this work. Amen. Father, we give you all the glory. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Shall we sing the, the anchor hold, Brother Ryan? Can you lead, help me to lead the song? The anchor hold.